So welcome to session two of the Selling from Virtual and Live Stages workshop series. If you haven't listened to session one yet, make sure to go back in the podcast. Uh, this is gonna be up for a very limited time. Uh, we will probably bring it down soon. So make sure to listen to session one. But if you're up to session two, I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. This is all, the big goal is all about helping you to become confident and effective at selling from virtual stages like webinars, online presentations, or a in-person or a live stage. I think these skills can be used either place. And uh, for me, it's been one of the most transformational journeys I've had in my business, which is why I love teaching people how to do it. And if you want to get a lot of bonus content, workbooks, extra downloads, uh, useful cheat sheets, all that sort of stuff, make sure to go and at least opt in to the training series itself. Right now, you're getting access on the podcast. But if you go to colinboyd.co forward slash stages, you'll be able to uh, opt in for free. And that's where you'll be able to get a whole bunch of other downloads, workbooks, all that sort of stuff as well. So you obviously are listening to the podcast. This is the first time we've done it in podcast format. And because uh, I know there's a lot of podcast listeners out there. And, uh, but make sure to go and uh, opt in so you don't miss out on anything there as well. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So session two, this context of session two is all about high converting presentations and the secrets behind, the secret strategies behind creating high converting presentations. Now, when it comes to presenting, when it comes to especially presenting and making an offer, some of the challenges I think that comes up is there's a lot of nerves, like there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of, um, you know, this is just nervous to speak, let alone make an offer, actually sell something. And I think another challenge as well is knowing how much content to share and like what content to share. Have you ever had that challenge where you're designing a presentation and you're thinking, gosh, what should I keep in? What should I keep out? Uh, I also think that when it comes to virtual presentations, it can be difficult to know what technology to use. There's a lot of different technologies out there and we're gonna chat through different technology choices today as well. But ultimately, I think when it comes down to it, there's this fear that if I present and if I make an offer, what if people won't buy it? What if people don't buy it? And what if I'm just left with crickets, like absolutely nothing? Uh, that's a, you know, it's a real fear I think that all of us feel. But the opportunity that we have today that if you were to implement the strategies I'm going to go through today is first of all, you're going to feel a lot more confident to be able to create content that connects with your audience, like really deeply resonates and connects with your audience. Number two is you're going to know how to give value, but not give away your whole course. Have you struggled with that before where you're like, oh, I want to make it really valuable, like 100%, but I don't want to give away everything, right? And so... We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about choosing the right technology, what the best uh, bang for your buck is in terms of technology and the best use usabilities of it. Uh, and But ultimately, when it comes down to it, I think we all want to build some sort of system that 
is reliable in bringing in revenue for your business every single month. Imagine knowing that every single time you present or you run a webinar, you make an offer that you make sales. Like that is the goal for me. And that's what so many of our students have built. And so that's what I want you to have um, as a result of our conversation today and over the next couple of days. And once again, this is session two of, of three sessions. So I'm gonna be doing a second, sorry, a third session, which is gonna be released on the podcast very soon. So number two is all about conversion strategy secrets. Now to, to frame this up, I want to visually draw out a model, even though we're listening to it in an audible format. So if you think about a quadrant, right, a quadrant which has an, an X and a Y axis, an axis that goes up and an axis that goes across. If you think about on the axis that goes up, I want you to put the word conversion. So in other words, that's the amount of people that say yes to your thing, to your offer. On the axis that's going along the bottom, I want you to put the word in your mind, engagement. So in other words, the engagement, the level of connection that people feel with your presenting. Now, what, what people tend to do is they tend to sit in one of these four quadrants. If you think about it, if you're a really good speaker, maybe you've done some speaker training, you've learned how to share your ideas, you've learned how to engage an audience, to tell stories, all that sort of stuff, you're gonna be high in engagement and you're gonna be low in conversion a lot of the time. So. That's like the bottom right, you could say. That is what I call the entertaining zone, right? So you might be an entertaining speaker, but you're getting low conversions. You're getting claps, but not clients. The other type is where you're converting. So you actually have ran webinars before or you've built a presentation and it gets clients. But if you're really honest with yourself, it's not very engaging or you know, there's not much value for someone if they don't end up buying. So it's really kind of low on value, very high on sales. And what happens is you get some sales, but you just feel not good about the presentation. Like you feel like you were just selling the whole time. And that is what I call the demanding quadrant. That's the top left, okay? Now the third, the third zone is the dabbling zone. That is where you're getting low conversions and low engagement. In other words, you're, you're not getting sales from your presentations. And if you're really honest, you're not providing great value at the same time, right? You, you haven't honed your presentation skills, your communication skills. And that's kind of the dabbling stage. And, and there's no shame in either of these, by the way. I love people who are demanding. I love people who are dabbling and I love people who are entertaining. For me, this is about getting awareness of what zone you're in. Are you already converting, but you've got to work on your speaking presentation skills? Are you already working on your presentation skills, but you've got to work on your sales, your communication to sell skills? Or are you still just starting out? You're kind of dabbling. You, you know, you're in that hopeful quadrant of going, I want to work on both. Right? So in your mind's eye, I want you to think about what zone you're in out of those three zones. And the goal of our conversation today and even the whole series is to get you in the top right-hand quadrant, which is what I call the irresistible zone. This is where you do irresistible presentations. It, it is highly engaging, but high in conversion, conversion at the same time. So in other words, you get amazing feedback no matter what, and you also get a flood of clients. Wouldn't that be good? That's the goal of this conversation today. And that is what I call the content conversion matrix. And so let's talk about I'm going to frame this as the six 
deadly mistakes that kill conversions and what to do about it. So we're going to go through the six big mistakes that stop conversions and what to do about it. So the first big mistake that people make when they design their presentations is over teaching with too much information. In other words, they create information based webinars instead of decision based webinars. And so the goal of a great presentation that moves an audience to action, the goal of it is actually to get them to make a decision. If you remember in session one, we talked about the idea of that speaking is selling and selling is authentically communicating your ideas in a way that causes the audience to naturally want to buy in, to take action. So if speaking is selling, then if you're just providing a whole bunch of content, information, in other words, you're going just into your course and going, what's really valuable in my course, like content in my course that I can put in my webinar. And then if, if they really like it, they're going to say, wow, I got that for free. Imagine what I get when I pay. I think that is a misbelief. That is a wrong belief to be, uh, to be thinking about when you're building high converting presentations. And so the goal of a great presentation is not to just, just open the floodgates of content and overwhelm your audience. It is to move your audience to a place of commitment and decision. Now, you know you're doing this if you're getting feedback from people saying they want to do everything you told them to do before they think about joining your program. That's one symptom. Another symptom is you go into your course for the content of your presentation. So you go into your course for the content. That's another symptom of it. And I think secretly, when you, when you think about designing your presentation, secretly you're trying to prove to your audience that you know what you're talking about or you're good at what you do instead of moving your audience or creating content that moves them to a place of greater commitment. So if you're really honest with yourself, your content is more about trying to show your audience that you're good at what you do as opposed to moving them towards a decision. Is that resonating? Is that making sense? So if you're noticing any of those symptoms, you're probably over teaching. So the truth is you have to create decision-based content rather than information-based content. Now, have you ever had someone pick your brain? Like has you, have you ever had someone come up to you and say, oh my gosh, I'd love to pick your brain. And they say, can we go out to coffee one time? And you go, yes, that sounds great. I'd love to help, right? Because you've got the heart to serve. You go out to coffee and you even buy the coffee yourself and you sit down, they start picking your brain and they pick your brain for an hour, 90 minutes, two hours. You give them everything, everything you know, like all the steps, all the processes, everything they need to know to get it done. Then you say, thank you. And uh, they thank you for the coffee that you bought for them. Uh, and then you see them a month later, maybe two months later. And you say, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you again. How'd you go? with all of the things we talked about. And they say, oh, I haven't had a chance to do anything about it. <laughs> Have you ever had that experience where someone's picked your brain for an hour or so and you're never gonna get that hour of your life back, right? You had a heart to serve, a heart to contribute, you were in the right place. The problem was is that they weren't committed. They thought they needed more information. They didn't need more information. They needed more commitment. Uh, it was about six and a half years ago, we moved our family from Australia to America. And 
I remember it was probably three years or so that I was thinking about moving. I remember picking people's brain who, who had done it before. I remember having Zoom calls with people. I remember researching, going to Reddit. I remember, you know, doing tons of research, trying to work out how do I move my life, my business from Australia to America? It was just something we wanted to do. And after two and a half years of researching, I was more confused on how to move myself from Australia to America than I was when I first started. Until, until I decided that it was going to happen no matter what. I got out of information mode and got into decision mode. And what happened was, is I reached out to an immigration lawyer and I had a conversation with them. I paid them money for their services. I followed their system and no word of a lie within 90 days. I was in a mastermind program at the time and I went to one event. It was in the US and I came home and I said, let's move. My wife and I, we decided to move together. And um, within 90 days, we landed the week before the next event. They were running every 90 days or so. Isn't that insane? Within 90 days, I'd spent two and a half years what my kids call kerfuffling around, kerfuffling around trying to make a decision, gathering information, picking people's brains. What I didn't realize is I, I didn't need more information. I needed more commitment. And so to create more commitment, you need to create decision-based content. You need to have, when you think about the content you're designing, don't think about it as how can I just like unload tons of information on people? Think about it as in, What's the content I need to put in here that truly is valuable, but it also motivates the audience to want to go to the next level? Uh, one of our students, his name's John, and he'd been running some webinars for a little while. He teaches Excel. So think about Excel, right? As a skill, hyper content driven, right? Like literally Microsoft Excel is what he teaches. And uh, really good dude. Uh, so he's got a great membership, great product, but he was struggling to sell it because he was teaching lots of content. In fact, he was running webinars. He was getting about 2% conversion rate on his webinars on his live attendees. And what happened was he started using infusion selling, which we're going to talk about today. He, he, he viewed his content through decision-based content as opposed to information-based content. And, and after he, he did that, what happened was his conversion rate literally went from a uh, actually, it was 3%, sorry. He had a 3% conversion rate, went from 3% to 14% conversion rate. He did $80,000 in sales in his first webinar using more decision-based content as opposed to information-based content. And the best part was I, I remember I reached out to him a, a while after, it was about a year actually, after he'd implemented this webinar. And he said to me that he'd taken the webinar, the live webinar, he'd put it on Evergreen. And he was running just organic traffic to it and some paid traffic. And I said, how much have you made from the presentation that you built once, by the way, one presentation? I said, how much have you made from the Evergreen webinar over the last, it was like 13, 14 months, like around that year mark that he'd done it. And, uh, and he said, I've just, I, he said, I've made just over $1.1 million. Guys. I just literally said that right. He's made over a million dollars in revenue and most of that had come through an automated webinar that he built as a live webinar first. And this is the power of it, guys. This is the power of scaling. And how many webinars did he have? How many? How many? There's no secret here. One. 
one webinar that he put on auto webinar after he delivered it and it just converted like crazy. And so my question is, do you feel like you have too much information in your presentations and not enough motivation to get them to make a decision? Do you feel like you're teaching like that? And if you were to help your audience to become more committed to the outcome that they want and something that you can help them with, what do you think that could do for you, for your life? Like if you were in, to enable your audience to move into decision mode, commitment mode, instead of information gathering mode, how would that feel? What would that do for your business in the next three to six months, do you think? How many more people could you serve? That's the first big mistake that people make is they, they go to information as opposed to decision-based content. The second big mistake people make is they don't whisper the words of the audience. In other words, when they create their presentations, they create them more for themselves as opposed for their audience. Now, we, we kind of touched a little bit on this in session one, and, but, but this is what happens is the symptoms of this is that you don't map out what is really driving your audience. There's a specific process that we use, which is called the audience psychology map. And essentially maps out the, the core drivers of your audience from their internal negative drivers and their external negative drivers, from their internal positive drivers to their external positive drivers. And when you understand what these drivers are, you can integrate this language and these emotions into the presentation. And so what happens in the first 10 to 15 minutes of your presentation, the audience automatically, naturally just goes, oh my gosh, this person really understands who I am. They, uh, they get me, they understand me, they know who I am. Now, when you speak their language, everything becomes easier. I, I remember for me, the first week that I landed in America, I went up to my local grocery store, it was Ralph's, and I, I was like, I, I, need to get, I need to get some beer. Right, I just moved countries, and I was like, I need to have a beer. I need, <laughs> I need to celebrate and relax. And I went up, and I remember I went to the deli because I didn't know where the the beer was. And I said to the I said to the the deli guy, and I said, Hey, do you know where the beer is? The beer. And the guy looks at me, and he's like confused. Now I thought he wasn't hearing me. Like I thought I'm obviously not saying it loud enough. So I said, the beer. Like, do you know where the B is? Now, I just moved from Australia, right? I'm like super strong Australian accent. He's completely confused. And I remember just thinking, ah, the beer. And I said it like that. And he just instantly goes, oh, yeah, it's in, it's in aisle three right there on the left. You'll see it right there. And I was like, okay, cool. Thanks, mate. Uh, and then I headed down and I grabbed the beer. And what was interesting was that as soon as I spoke his language, his nuanced language, he understood me. And that is the, that's the core idea here is that when you're not speaking the audience's language, there's not going to be a resonance between you and the audience. And so if your audience, I want you to think about this, if your audience felt fully connected with you right from the start of your presentation, like you had them in the palm of your hand within the first couple of minutes, how would that feel? I want you to notice that in your body, how that feels as a communicator, as a speaker. And so can you commit to making your audience, your presentation about your audience and not you? Because I want you to lean into this. It's important you feel that because 
If you don't feel it, you're not going to go after it. You're not going to be thinking about that in your next presentation, right? And so this is the second big mistake that I want you to understand is, is that when people don't make their audience about make their presentation about their audience, they make it about themselves. There's a mismatch. There's a dissonance in their communication. They're not whispering their words. When you whisper their words, everything changes. There's a great copywriter, uh, Robert Collier, and he says, always enter the conversation already taking place in the customer's minds. You do that and everything changes with your resonance. So you, with a presentation, you have to move from connection to credibility to conversion. They're the, the kind of the journey that you will take it on with a, with a great presentation that sells. So number two, the big mistake is not whispering their words. Number three, you ready for this? Is having a signature story that doesn't sell, or in other words, telling the wrong type of story. Now, what tends to happen is people don't know what story to tell. And so they get to the front of their webinar or they get to their presentation and they think, what story should I tell? And they might choose a few different stories throughout their presentation, but there's always that inkling inside of them of like, is this the right story that I should be telling? Or should I be telling a different story? Like, is this the wrong story for what I should be telling, right? And so when you, when you think about your stories, I want you to think about what's the story that when you tell it, automatically, it authentically moves the audience towards your offer or wanting to work with you. This is what I call a signature story that sells. Another phrase that I've got for it, which is a new distinction, which is what I call a conversion story. But for me, a signature story that sells is the same as a conversion story. I just want you to realize in terms of my language, because I know a lot of the time, some of you might've heard about my the conversion story idea. But for me, that is a signature story that sells, right? It's not an origin story. It's a signature story that moves the audience towards your offer. And so when you get this right, everything changes. It's built around three core ideas. This is what you have to understand if you want to build a signature story that sells. The first idea you have to understand is that you have to create connection. So connection is where when you start your story, when you get into your story, there is a deep resonance with the audience where they say mentally, emotionally, they go, wow, this person really understands me. In other words, they are like me on some level. Now, they don't necessarily have to be like you from the sense of like same culture, same age, even same gender. Like it does, they don't have to be like you in that way. But they have to be like you from the sense of you understand what it means to go through and feel the feelings, the struggles that they're feeling. And so the first part of a great signature story that sells is you show them that you are like them on some level. It creates connection. The second secret to a signature story that sells is you show them credibility. In other words, you show them that you've actually achieved something. So you, you tell your story in a way that takes that journey from connection, you are like them, to credibility. And the credibility shows that you can lead them, right? You are good at what you do. Because if you've just got connection and no credibility, then they're not going to want to buy something from you. Like you're not a leader in their life in that specific area of their life, right? But if you can show them 
that you're good at what you do. You've mastered this art. You've mastered it in your, your own life and maybe in other people's lives. You show the credibility and it answers that question of you are a leader. In other words, you can lead them. That's the second element of a signature story that sells. The third element is that it aligns with a core idea or a core premise. A core premise is essentially that idea that 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 core idea that when the audience understands it, it will naturally move them towards wanting to work with you. It will naturally and specifically help them to go, wow, that is the path that could get me the result that I want because he or she, whoever you are listening, that you went on that journey, you created from connection to credibility, you followed that path and you got the result. So for example, maybe you teach relationships or you help people with relationships. And your methodology is that understanding how to communicate effectively is the most effective way to build, rebuild and create the relationships you've always desired. And so in other words, if they can understand effective communication, relational communication, then they're going to be able to build, rebuild and create the relationships that they've always desired. If you're a relationship coach, right? That's just one example. Uh, and so when you think about your core idea, you have to be clear on what that idea is and then you build a story around it. I, I had the chance recently, I was in Australia actually at the time and um, Jenna Kutcher reached out to me. I, in fact, I'd never spoken with Jenna before, but I was on a podcast with a, uh, on another, another podcast, someone that was her friend. And she texted her and said, I just listened to Colin on the podcast. Um, do you reckon he would be open to chatting about a webinar that I've got coming up? So Jenna reaches out to me and uh, we'd never spoken before, but we got to know each other fairly quickly. And she tells me, Colin, I've got a webinar coming up. I've got 24,000 people signed up to the webinar, <laughs> 24,000. And she's like, I, I don't know what story to tell. Like, what story should I be sharing? I've got a few stories. Which one is the right story to be able to be share at, at, what, at what point? And so we had a conversation about that. And um, all the stories that she shared were very powerful. But there was one specific story that I was like, that's the story that you should lead with. And the other stories, you can integrate those in your presentations. And so she did that. And we actually had a look at her webinar, her process. And I showed her the process of the self from stage process. We did some coaching together. Um, and so we worked together right on the webinar and she came back. She sent me this video, which was just lovely. Uh, she sent me this video and she basically said that, that her story, actually, let me, let me bring it up. What, uh, this is what she said. She said, I recently worked with Colin to work through some of my presentation that I did to 24,000 people. And she said, I truly believe that how he taught me how to tell my stories and how he taught me how to tell um, like the stories throughout deeply impacted my results. I'm a fan. I'm a conversion story user, which is a signature story that sells. And I'm someone who is deeply impacted by his work. How cool is that, right? And so Jenna followed that structure and did significantly better results than what she'd done before selling that particular product. Now, the reason why I share that is first of all, is that Jenna is a market leader, like true market. I mean, she's got millions of followers, right? She, she wants results. She doesn't want to waste her time. And I'm assuming you're the same from the sense that like, you don't want, you don't want to waste your time. You want results. And this is 
This is the reason why I'm sharing this stuff with you is because for me, I'm about getting people results. I want, I want you to use proven systems that actually work. And so imagine this, imagine you had a story that you truly felt confident in, that you knew that every single time you shared that story, that there would be a natural movement of your audience of them wanting to work with you. It would result in them reaching out to you, in fact, and going, hey, I heard your story on that podcast the other day, right? Which is what happened with Jenna for me. She's like, I heard your story in the podcast the other day. Could we work together? That's what I want for you. That is a signature story that sells. How would that feel to have that story? I want you to notice how that feels. And I want you to imagine yourself telling your story in a presentation format and the audience just going, oh my gosh, I so resonate with your story. If they say that, that's a really good indicator. But you don't want just that because resonating is good. What you really want is the resonating that moves them towards the result that you can help them with. And that is a signature story that sells. And so I would love you to just keep, keep committed to this journey of refining your story so that you build, a you build a story that truly moves your audience towards your offer. Can you do that? That's my, that's my desire for you. Number four, are you ready for this? Number four, the fourth big mistake that people make is they sell at the end. <laughs> now, this might seem kind of weird because maybe you've seen people do presentations where they, they teach a lot and then they sell at the end. Now, I'm not saying that selling at the end is bad, but if you teach, go into teaching mode the whole way and then you do a really awkward transition and be like, oh yeah, buy my program at the end, and the audience feels like they weren't expecting it or they feel like, oh my gosh, so it was like a bait and a switch. It's like, I, I didn't know you were gonna actually you know, pitch a program because it was just teaching content. If you notice that in your feedback from your audience, to me, you're making this mistake. And the mistake is that you, you speak and then you sell. In other words, you, fit, you actually use them as two separate modes. What you need to be doing is what I call infusion selling. And infusion selling are strategies that you're using in your presentations where you speak and sell at the same time. Does that make sense? And so when you speak and sell at the same time, what happens is your content becomes motivational content that not only adds value, but also moves your audience towards wanting to work with you. And the way it works, the metaphor I like to think about with infusion selling is that imagine your audience, audience's hearts and minds are water in a cup, right? It's water in a cup and you drop dye, like a red dye into the water. And, it, and you know how it slowly just infuses through the water? It's not, it's not fast, it doesn't instantly change, but it slowly infuses through the water. And then after a little while, the pink, the red dye just like moves through the whole water. And by the end, the water is completely a different color from when it started. That is how infusion selling works. In other words, it slowly infuses and influences the audience hearts and minds so that there's no abrupt like buy my program at the end. There's a slow momentum, a magnetic momentum 
that is that it, that infuses through your presentation so that for many of our students in fact a lot of the time i see posts where people say oh my gosh this infusion selling stuff is so powerful i just had someone post this and they'll write like someone will say i want to join your program i'm not even sure what you sell right and they're like i didn't even i didn't even make the offer yet and they're already emailing me or asking me to join that is what infusion selling does. And there, there are nine strategies for infusion selling, nine strategies. And these are like specific strategies that you can use throughout your presentation. In fact, you can use it in any content, even on a podcast, you can use it in any sort of content, but obviously I specialize in presentations. It's a great place to use it. I'm gonna give you two right now. You ready for this? The first, the first strategy of tantalizing, sorry, of infusion selling is what I call tantalizing your tools. Tantalizing your tools is, Basically, when you teach, you teach based on a tool that you have within your program. So you teach and you give value, but you also, they don't get access to the template or to the tool. Does that make sense? I'll give you an example. So let's say, I know there's no visual example here because this is the audio format, but a lot of the time when I teach about presenting and speaking, I will actually show the slide deck that every student gets in Self From Stage Academy, right? This is a slide deck that people literally download and use like within six, seven days and do a presentation. They literally download it, follow the process and do the presentation. So that's an example of tantalizing tools. I know I'm like kind of verbalizing it, right? Um, but, but if you can imagine there could be a visual example. So I want you to think about your content. What are the tools in your program that you could show and teach on and teach some content from it. So it's actually valuable. It's still useful when you're teaching on the content, but it tantalizes. It's like, this is a tool that if you resonate with me and you decide to commit to yourself within my program, then you get access to this. Like it's a tool that you can use that will save you money, time and effort, right? So that's an example of tantalizing your tools. It's usually templates, cheat sheets, downloads, all that sort of stuff. That's the first thing. The second, a second, uh, strategy for infusion selling is future pacing. So one thing that's really important with um, selling to anyone is you have to move your audience into what's called an associated future state. An associated future state is where they associate themselves in a future state, or to be honest, even in a current state, but they, they actually get associated. So the opposite of that is a disassociated state or a past state. And so you want to move people into an associated and maybe future state. So what do you do? You move them into the future. And so there's a whole specific process. There's a three-step process you can take them through where basically you get them to imagine what it would be like to see results from your program. And it's a really powerful exercise that you can move people through where they associate in their body. I'll give you an example. I want you to imagine for a minute right now, I don't know, maybe three weeks from now, and you're sitting at that same desk that you're at right now or listening to, to this training right now, but you've actually created a framework for a presentation that you feel confident in. Like a presentation that, that for the first time, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so clear. And I'm so excited to bring this to my audience, to share this message with my audience. Notice how it feels. Notice what you see. Maybe you're sitting in front of your screen, you're looking at your slides, 
and you're thinking about all the people that you're going to impact and you notice how that feels, the excitement of how that feels. That's an example. That's like one step. That's one example of future pacing. Did you notice that? Like even as I went through it, I know it was like just a, you know, a, a play exercise, but did you notice how that felt in your body? And so this is really important to master infusion selling. So these these are just some of the strategies. So my question is on a scale of 1 to 10, how effectively is your current content generating authentic demand for your offers without even making an offer? So in other words, how effectively is your just your teaching, your current content authentically creating demand for your offer no matter what? Because if you if it's not, you're not using infusion selling. The second thing is what opportunities would open up for you if you could use these strategies consistently and you actually had people emailing you, texting you, DMing you going, hey, when are you opening up your program again? It, to be frank, I get that all the time in my DMs. Like people go, Colin, when are you opening up your program again? I'd love to talk about how, how that could work, right? That's what I want for you. That's my desire for you when you're doing this the right way. So that's, that is the fourth strategy around the mistake is selling at the end, the solution, the truth is, is infusion selling. The fifth strategy, you ready for this? Take a deep breath. The fifth strategy or the fifth mistake, should I say, is trusting untrained intuition with your signature talk. So your signature talk or your presentation needs to follow a process. It needs to follow a formula that is proven as opposed to just putting whatever you think should go in there or jumping on Google or jumping on AI even and searching, what should I put in it? Because to be quite frank, like all this sort of stuff, it, it, it like just randomly comes together. What you need is a, is a system. And I'm going to go through that system in a minute. And so think about it like this. Imagine, oh, don't imagine. Just a little while ago, my, so my wife has celiac. Um, she is gluten-free, right? So she has to eat, eat gluten-free. And she asked me to make her a cake for her birthday. Now, imagine that I went up to my local Ralph's or supermarket and I just randomly chose ingredients, like no structure to it. And I just grabbed some eggs. I grabbed some, you know, like gluten-free flour. I don't even know if that exists. <laughs> I don't even know. I got some sugar, some salt. I got a whole bunch of ingredients. And I whacked it all together. I, I, I whisked it up and I threw it into the oven and I baked it for however long I thought. How well do you think I'm going to do as a husband if I did that? <laughs> now, I might get some brownie points for effort, but as a, the result is not going to get any brownie points, right? I'm not going to get many husband points there. And so what I did was I went to Ralph's and I literally grabbed a gluten-free cake mix and I followed the formula. I just followed the step-by-step -step process. I followed how much they said to put in, what, you know, how many eggs, how, many, how much sugar, how much, all that sort of stuff. And I made a cake. And the first, time, the first time that I ever did it, it turned out pretty good. Like it was like edible. It was good. I got husband points, all that sort of stuff. And the reason why it worked the first time was because I didn't follow intuition. I followed a formula. And here's the mistake. Many of you are trying to build presentations to build your business and you're not following a proven formula. You're not following a process that actually works. And so let me take you through how this looks. So a, a high converting presentation 
essentially has three main sections, but within that, there's actually four chunks of information. So the first section is the introduction, right? So the introduction is the opening. The purpose of the opening is you need to touch people's hearts. This is where you share your signature story that sells. This is where you, where you really dive deep into the driving factors of your audience. You, 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 you share with the audience what it's all about, the core idea. You show them the bigger picture. You, you get them bought into the content. You touch their hearts. The second chunk of information is the content. Now, within content, you're doing two things. The first thing you're doing is you're shifting minds. So in other words, you're shifting their philosophy. You're taking old beliefs, replacing them with new beliefs. You're helping them to understand what it could look like to see a result in that area. And you're also being really helpful with valuable content, right? You're thinking about what is the valuable content that I can share that can help them to go deeper in this understanding, but not overwhelm them, right? So you've got to shift their minds. The second part of the content is you need to equip their hands. In other words, you need to show them a process at a high level. It's usually a framework or some sort of overarching system that helps them to understand the biggest steps that they can go on to actually achieve the result that they want. That's going to give them clarity. That's going to give them motivation. And it's going to help them to work out whether this is a right next step for them or not, right? So you need to equip their hands but you don't want to overwhelm them once again. You want to make sure the content is balanced right where you're not giving too much information to overwhelm the audience because they're working out if this is the commitment they want to make. That's the second part in the content, right? And then the third element is the close. And the close is where you move their feet. And you have three decisions with the close. You can either make a direct offer where you say, hey, if you've resonated with me, this is what the next steps can look like to get the result that you want in this area. So you move their feet towards an offer. This is what I call a sharp sell, a sharp sell. I'm going to be talking more about that in session three, by the way. So there's a sharp sell. The second type of close is a soft sell. So this is where you ask your audience to download a PDF or to book in for a strategy session or to just take that next simple step with you. Um, that is not to buy something yet, it's to inquire. It's to give over some inf information to make a commitment, but it's not to buy anything yet, right? That is a soft sell. That's really great for higher ticket programs or if you're speaking at an event that doesn't allow you to make a direct offer, which is a lot of events, right? But if you're running your own event or your own webinar, you could literally just do a sharp sell. And the third type of close is, is, a, is a no sell. So this is where you're actually just looking for claps. But when you do it right, when you follow infusion selling strategies, when you follow sell from stage formula, what's going to happen is they will clap, but they'll also come up to you and say, hey, how can we work together? That's what happens. Does that make sense? Uh, do you know what's cool? One of our students, um, she's a sell from stage elite member, uh, which is our group coaching program. And her name's Verena, and she's one of my one of my favorite students. She's just amazing. And the reason why she's amazing is because she is so committed to her results. When she came into her into the program, she said to me, Colin, I've got I've got a great program. Like I know I can help people, but I just don't have a system that is generating like great monthly revenue every single month. And so what she did, she literally just followed the signature talk structure, right? She built a sharp sell. 
And she started implementing a regular webinar. It was like every other week, every month or so, she's running a webinar to her offer. And what started to happen was she started doing, in fact, she actually wrote, she said, I built a system using the structure of the, of the sharp sell process. And now I've, I've made in the last nine months, she's been in the program for nine months. She said in the last nine months, I've averaged $51,000 per month. And she said, that's more than double the revenue I was making before I started using this. So she literally, within the first 30 days of implementing it, she doubled the revenue of her business. And she said, on average, she's made $51,000. There was a post she put in the group the other day. How cool is that? The biggest thing that she said to me is that the biggest benefit for her was that it gave her a deep confidence in knowing that her business is reliable, that she can trust the business, she can trust the system, she can trust herself. And that for me is the thing that I want for you, a formula, a process. Like I want you to know that you can trust a formula that will generate clients on demand. And if you can imagine for a minute, imagine you had a signature talk, like a sharp sell process that you knew every single time you presented it, it got you clients every single time. How would that feel? That's what Verena's built. That for me is the holy grail. That is what I want you to build from these strategies, right? So that is the fifth big mistake. The fifth big mistake, big mistake is trusting just untrained intuition with your signature talk. You need to follow a formula. You need to follow a structure, a strategy, right? Now, the final strategy or the final big mistake that I think stops people growing in their expert business and and the context of this training, this workshop series is that we're talking about both virtual stages and live stages, right? In-person stages. In the context of virtual stages, I just want to speak to this specifically because this mistake relates to this directly, is that the thing that stops people is they think that the tech is stopping them. So they go, oh, you know what? There's the technology is too overwhelming or the technology is getting in the way of me actually doing it. The reason why I can't do it is because I'm just not good with technology. And I remember, I remember for me, when, when I first started running webinars, sure, I had to learn a few plug and play things. Like I had to learn how to press go on the webinar. I had to learn how to set up a registration page. I will say that all of that stuff can be outsourced on like, Fiverr um, on different platforms for very cheap, like 50 bucks. You can have someone set up your entire webinar platform and get you all set up, right? Like, so, so people think that they use this excuse of the technology is too overwhelming. But can I tell you the truth? It's actually not the technology that's, that's overwhelming you. It is, it is committing to your message that you need to do. When you commit to your message, there's this beautiful phrase that I learned when I first studied coaching. And it was, say yes, then work out how. And the world tells you the opposite. The corporate world tells you the opposite. It tells you, no, 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 get every single duck in a row. And when you get every duck in a row, then you'll be able to move forward. But the truth is, is that you are the mother duck, the daddy duck. And when you step out, all the ducklings come behind you. And I found that over and over again in my life, that when I make a decision, the magic create, is created um, behind, behind you. And so 
In context of that, let me just run through a few different technology platforms that we use. In my perspective, I wouldn't say I'm technologically advanced, um, but, but I've been able to work it out. And if I can work it out, I think you can work it out. It's fairly simple. But for me, whenever I'm doing a webinar, I'm usually using a Zoom webinar. The two choices for me are either um, Zoom webinar or Demio. Demio is my other favorite. That's for a live webinar, a live webinar. If you're going to do an automated webinar, I think Easy Webinar is my favorite one to use. Uh, the other one is Webinar Jam that you can use, but Easy Webinar is my favorite. I, I would recommend Easy Webinar. So if you're going to do a live webinar or a live virtual event, I'd recommend Zoom Meeting or Zoom Webinar. You can either, they're just different formats. Now, if you want to build a course, you want to house a course, you want to take payments, you want to have pages where people can opt in, all that sort of stuff, you want to run an entire digital business, my recommendation is Kajabi. I think Kajabi is the most reliable, robust, um, useful, user-friendly platform out there. And so if you want to check out Kajabi, you can go to colinboyd.co forward slash Kajabi. It's K-A-J-A-B-I. So if you go to colinboyd.co forward slash Kajabi, um, you can do a 14-day free trial there. Just check it out and play around with it, right? I recommend Kajabi. Now, the other platform that I also like is ClickFunnels. And we use ClickFunnels for a lot of our opt-ins uh, and we use Kajabi for the rest of our business. And so Kajabi is a great platform and we combine it with ClickFunnels. I think if you're under $500,000 in your business, I only think you need Kajabi, by the way. Like, I don't think you need both. If you're under $500,000, just start with Kajabi. Start with one platform. It's an all-in-one platform. It does everything you need. They have great support. So I would just go to columnboy.co forward slash Kajabi. If you want ClickFunnels, you can go to columnboy.co forward slash click funnels, and that will give you a free trial there as well. But like I said, the truth, the truth is that the tech isn't stopping you. It's your commitment to your message that is stopping you. In fact, it's your fear that's stopping you. And so what's cool is when you really build your signature talk, you have a clear signature talk that you feel confident in, that you feel excited about, excuse me, you, still, you feel excited about delivering. Everything changes. Like you start feeling better about your business. You start feeling more confident about your business. Like Verena, she was like, Colin, I, I needed a system. I needed something that I could just replicate over and over again. You don't need five different presentations. You need one. Verena has one presentation that she does over and over and over again. And it generates more than $50,000 a month for her. That is what I want for you. So let's do a quick review of what we've talked about today. The first thing is we've talked about not making it about information, making it about decision. So you need to create decision-based content. Number two is the mistake is not whispering their words. You need to speak the language that the audience has already going on in their mind. Number three is that you're not using a signature story that sells. So you have to find that story that sells. Number four, selling only at the end. You need to use infusion selling through your whole presentation. Number five, Building a presentation or a signature talk on your own intuition rather than a formula or a structure. That's a big mistake. You can't build a business without a structure. And number six is thinking that technology is stopping you, but it's not. It's the fear. It's the fear that's stopping you. And we talked about in session one, making your purpose bigger than your fears. And so these six mistakes you want to avoid, right? And we've gone through some incredible content 
And my hope is that this is really exciting you, inspiring you and showing you what is possible. And so if you've found this valuable, could you do me a favor? Because uh, this is this is free. I'm putting this free, obviously, on, on, the on the platform. Could you, if you found this valuable, could you take a screenshot and share it in Instagram and just tag me at Colin Boyd and just let me know uh, that you found it valuable? That's the first thing. The second thing is, is who do you think this content would be useful for? Maybe you've got a friend in the expert, the coaching industry, and you're like, I think they would really enjoy this. Um, could you hit the share button and text it to them? Send them a direct message and just say, hey, check out this uh, because I want this to reach as many people as I possibly can. And so I trust this has been useful. I trust this has been valuable. Hit the share button, share it with just one person. That'd be great. Just one person would be absolutely incredible. I'd be so grateful um, for you if you, if you uh, were to do that. And so let's get excited. I'm excited for session three. Session three is going to be dropping in the next day or so. So make sure you're following the podcast. Session three, I'm go session three, I'm going to be taking you through the speaking profit formula. So these are the, I'm going to take you through the really specific five steps, the five stages you need to move through to build a profitable business, an expert business using presentations. And it's very clear, simple five steps that you can follow. So make sure to tune in for that. This is only going to be up for a limited time. So make sure to take a listen, listen to session one, if you haven't heard that yet. And uh, we're going to be dropping session two in the next 48 hours or so. Bless you, share it with someone that you know, and we'll see you uh, on the next episode of The Expert Edge. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step -step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.